welcome to the Gen Z Career Playbook podcast. My name is Nadia and I'm a career practitioner, educator and founder of BU Careers. It's a real chat with real people about their career journeys. Also hear from industry experts who will take you behind the curtain to provide insights and tools so you can take action and thrive in this one life. Because career development is about more than a job. It's a process of managing life, learning and work over your lifetime. If you're early in your career or you're supporting someone at this stage of their journey, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Welcome back to part two of my chat with Felicity Fury, which I have named Career Confessions. And it's all because we're not just students or employers or entrepreneurs. We are all humans on our own journey and our career is obviously a really big part of that. So this next session will give us a little bit more insight into the human that is Felicity. So Felicity, we know a little bit about what you were kind of thinking or what you maybe weren't so much thinking in high school, but did you have any ideas in primary school in terms of what your future might look like in terms of where you would live or jobs you might have? I thought about being an inventor when I was young, which is kind of funny because I think engineers are ultimately inventors. Uh, I also think because people, no one in my family was an engineer, so there wasn't really the language to kind of describe that. But I know growing up, I loved making things. We had this called a craft box, which just had all these you know random bits and pieces. And in primary school, I actually made a two-scale model of the local bowls club. So me and my dad got the measuring tape out and we went around and measured the whole club. And then I even got like local um, bark from trees to make the building and the structure. And it was, this thing was legit. Mm. As a it does. But no one, yeah, kind of said that. And I kind of stood away from this idea of being an inventor because I got really overwhelmed and scared. Like, how do I create something from nothing? How do I invent something and come up with this idea? So that's kind of the only thing that's really. Yeah. I mean, me. I think that's like. Yeah, like you said, legit, like that sounds like a big project <laughs> and it's not that crazy of a stretch, you know, from engineering, you know, in terms of that creating things. And I think that's the thing as well, isn't it? I think people have this big picture or ideas and they get kind of worried about the steps to get there. And it's sometimes just like, don't worry about the steps because you just need the first step or the second step. You can kind of get people to help you and you can go and study and learn all these things. Sometimes seems, I often say to students, you know, you're not going out and operating on someone today or you're not giving them financial advice today. You, you will learn that. So don't let the kind of the end role kind of freak you out because you're going to have experiences and, and studies and people to help you along the way. But it can seem like a lot, particularly when obviously in primary school, but even in high school to kind of think where you are now to, you know, four or five years time, it can seem, I think, a little bit overwhelming. So I totally kind of get that for sure. In terms of first jobs, what did you have a part time or casual job growing up? What was that for you? I did. I worked at our local Woolies and yeah. it was so good to be on a checkout. I was a checkout chick. And uh, I think today it is still the longest job I've ever had, which was five and a half years. Wow, yeah. Which might say something. I'm like classic millennial. I've had whatever. I'm thinking I'm up to my third or fourth career in a zillion jobs, like nine or ten maybe. And, yeah, and then I worked in the bakery and the deli, and it was so helpful. 
to get me out of my comfort zone talking to random strangers at the checkout. This is before self-service came in. And <laughs> it was so good to have a fundamental um, of communication from that job so valuable i was speaking to another guest yesterday and you know it's always just so many so many positives i think from a part-time and casual job in terms of the skills that you develop but also just learning about yourself and what you like like and don't and how you interact with people and and all those things yeah super valuable and yeah five and a half that's that's certainly a good a good one yeah it's a long time i know like you need like a loyalty card or something (laughs) discount card I got a badge. I got this little gold badge wow. for five years. Oh, you did? Um, nice. Yeah. I was, I was yeah. <laughs> In terms of messing up, and I don't know if this is something that happened at Woolies, but can you tell us about a time that you did mess up, big or small, at work, and what happened and how did you deal with it, if you can think of something? Oh, I've had so many mistakes and failures and I think it's such an important thing to talk about and I don't think we talk about it enough so I'm really glad that you asked this question there's probably I think I'll talk about like my the one that kind of feel like like rips my heart out the most maybe I don't know if that's the right way to describe it um but I think one of one of the big challenges when we're running one of our businesses was um around maths education so we wanted to rewrite the maths textbook for year nine students and bring more of the real world into the classroom. And mm-hmm. the resource was amazing. We spent years working on it. We had an investor put his money into the project. I quit my job at, you know, the dream company that I wanted to work for. And I went all in on this business. And I remember asking my mum about it. I was worried what she would think. And she's like, give it a year and see how it goes. So I was like, okay, cool. All right. I can kind of, yep, let's do that. So I jumped in and I was looking after sales and marketing, going out and speaking to schools and we'd had great success with Power of Engineering. We'd had so many schools come on board and spoken to so many students. I thought, you know, oh, we can just do this again. Uh, But ultimately it was quite challenging working with schools. We found it would, people love the product, but it was such a change that had to happen in terms of teaching maths and we had to get so many stakeholders on board. Uh, when they got it in mm-hmm. place they loved it but it would take you know 12 to 12 months even two years to work with school so ultimately we closed the business and we had to let staff go we had to tell our investor I'm so sorry the business didn't work out and it was I feel like I got like that feeling in your stomach where you go oh that mm. is so not what I wanted to have happen and it was really upsetting for me personally because I care so much about students and young people getting excited about maths so that was really really hard um but that's just one of many like power of engineering we lost our funding one year all the volunteers quit um we had to rebuild the organization it goes on and on and on so i think i feel like for every success it's like the 10 percent that you see and there's like a 90 percent looking behind me like trail of destruction of Um, (laughs) but i think it is the best place to learn and i think i'm on business like three or four now and there's no way we would be kicking the goals that we're we're kicking if it wasn't for learning all of those mistakes and, and making all those and having all those failures yeah. along the way. And I think that's interesting, you know, and I'm a business management teacher like we were talking about before. You know, students have been doing their business plan this year and things like that. But you can have an amazing product, you know, that actually can do what you want it to do you know with students and it can achieve all you want it to do but it has to have 
the right environment and the people mm-hmm. driving it as well. And you you just can't go out there every day in schools and you know be there. Like it's there's so yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? Just so many different parts to have to kind of work for it to kind of get the uptake and and things like that and I can see how you know disappointing and you know when you've got a passion for something and know things can make a difference and when it doesn't kind of have doesn't kind of play out how you wanted it to I guess I can totally see yeah how that would be disappointing it's so frustrating and I think so much of it is timing I've heard this a lot I would, yeah, th- that was something else I was thinking was timing yeah, as and well. Yeah. My um, husband's working in the business at the moment and um, it's with schools and it's um, helping people with their paying school fees. And cost of living is going up right now. So it's actually the perfect time for that business and it's going to help so many people. And that might have been different, say, 10 years ago and that product might not be as needed. And mm-hmm. I think timing is such a thing. And I used to think, oh, timing, like, I feel like it's just people's excuse for saying their business isn't going to work out. But business is so incredibly hard. Yeah. There's a reason why only a small percentage are successful. And I think a lot of it can be down to timing. Who knows? Like, our product in 10 years' time might be like the thing that everybody needs. But yeah, it's just kind of having that real, you know, and being from being in schools, like having that time for teachers to get their head around and the time for them to take to to implement like a new way of doing things and you know things like that like it needs they need probably that them to do it so that comes from leadership and you know all of those kind of things so (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely in terms of a positive (laughs) what brings you joy each day and do you schedule it now I know you do have two younger children as well <laughs> but yeah is there something that you kind of do you try to do for yourself and yeah and how does that play out absolutely coffee definitely brings me joy I do have a six-month-old baby so I do need to limit my caffeine because I am breastfeeding her but actually only last week I restarted my morning routine so this is something I've done for a number of years and it's been incredibly powerful to get my mindset right for the day so um I do schedule it and my husband has one hour for himself. Um, I feel like he has the, the worst luck. He's got from 5am till 6am and I have 6am <laughs> till 7am and I can do whatever I want in that hour. So I've been journaling, meditating and then setting an intention for the day and getting clear about what my day looks like. And, you know, just even the last week and a half restarting it has been so powerful. I feel like I've got so much more energy I'm really clear. I can go be a total boss in whatever I need to do. And uh, yeah, having young children, I also have a three-year-old, it um, can be very chaotic and there can be lots going on. So scheduling it, I think makes a really big difference. And it's something that I've been doing for a number of years and would love to add exercise into it, but tiny steps. I feel like if I can just meditate and do my journaling each day, then I'm so much happier. Yeah, amazing. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like just having that intentional time because you have can have the best intentions you're like yeah yeah I'll get to that but yeah having that time Mm. set aside just means you're going to do it which is amazing and I can imagine meditating with a (laughs) three-year-old probably doesn't really work so well so it's probably a a great thing to do as well 
Um, in terms of, I guess, feeling out of your depth, um, I think for new people new in their career, they probably feel out of the depth all of the time. Um, and it's kind of normalizing that, like it's pretty normal to feel that way. But is there a time that you did feel out of your depth and what did you kind of learn from that experience? I feel like I'm constantly out of my depth and I think that's a good thing. And being uncomfortable I see as a real positive so if I feel like I'm uncomfortable or I've got that like yeah butterflies in my stomach then I know that I'm really challenging myself and for me I I've had lots of mentors along the way and I remember one asked me what is it like what do you want to work on is it a specific project is it a type of industry like do you want to go build hospitals instead of roads like what is it for you and I learned then that it almost doesn't matter about what the what is it's more if I'm being if I'm being challenged and if I'm learning so I know that's a big driver for me and yeah even yesterday I was in a meeting with the entire executive team of a multi-billion dollar company which sounds so crazy and I was going oh my god what am I doing here like they let me in the room like yeah. I'm get found out that imposter mm-hmm. syndrome so yeah I feel often I, I do feel out of my depth even the podcast that I do as well, we have so many amazing guests on there. Um, Speaking with them, I feel out of my depth. So I think it's a positive thing. And I like the second part of your question and kind of what do I do in those situations? I think it's really having that positive frame on it to go, this is such a learning opportunity. What can I I learn from this? And even if I'm not being challenged, asking, okay, I'm not being challenged here. I can still learn something. I can still get something out of this opportunity. So that mindset I think has really helped and um, has led to a lot of successes that we've had like personally, but also with the business too. Yeah. And I think you're similar to a lot of my guests who they do like that uncomfortable. I mean, nobody really likes being uncomfortable, but they know that that's where there is growth and, and all of those kind of things. And, you know, if they do perhaps find themselves cruising along and, and not that challenged and they probably you know get bored or are just kind of like okay well something has to kind of change here as well so yeah and I think like you said like it was yesterday you know you had that feeling like just that constant feeling is yeah I can totally relate to as well <laughs> yeah so a time when you felt proud of yourself oh I can actually share a moment from today because I interviewed someone for our podcast Miranda Swift she's amazing shout out to her I totally forgot how we met was that she came to a power of engineering event in Lithgow it was maybe eight or nine years ago and it was so cool I got really I felt really emotional because she said if I didn't go to that event I wouldn't have had this amazing speaker and then I wouldn't have thought about engineering and we went on a site tour and it just you know shifted what she was thinking about for her career and you know there's I'm sure no doubt there's people listening to your podcast having those same realizations but then to actually get to meet someone who has gone through that and she's such a weapon she's doing amazing stuff in the industry for young people and she's only 22 and like oh that was so cool if I can even you know I totally can't take credit because she's amazing I'm (laughs) sure she would anyway but just hearing that oh cool I got to make that contribution so yeah anytime I hear someone who's done one of our programs or I've helped them get a promotion after coming to our events with We Aspire or 
participated in one of our programs that's that's big. yeah absolutely just like I mean all of your your programs are really geared around inspiring and, and opening up possibilities for people so when you can obviously see the result of that like you said you don't know exactly to quantify exactly the yeah. result but there's certainly an impact that you've made you know on them which is really I can you know really rewarding I'm sure so that's amazing in terms of values values are something that I'm really passionate about and something that I talk about in my programs and get students to kind of really sit down and think about their values, which maybe they haven't done before as well. And I guess also something that they can keep going back to, you know, throughout their career now that they understand how it works. What would you say are your kind of top values and how do they play out in your kind of life and career? I think the big ones that come to mind and I'd love to do more work on this myself. It's I feel like I'm just scratching the surface, but think about the values that drive me a big one is leadership I mean no surprise we run a leadership training and development company and yeah that's a big thing even just in day-to-day in my relationship with my husband how we are as a family and we're often thinking how do we step up as a leader how do we contribute how do we um, have that leadership mindset and uh, that looks like you know taking initiative um, being yeah, amazing at communicating which I think is really hard um so it's that being of a leader and how does that value show up in all parts of our life uh, we also run the business together and have two small children and all the things so yeah we do need that's amazing a high level. Level of communication <laughs> around that um there's also so there's that I think um being authentic really being true to yourself is a big one for me when like I shared um earlier was that once I was really true to myself really magic happened and i was kind of kicking myself that i wasn't being authentic earlier um so yeah Yeah. they're two big ones that come to mind for me yeah and i think probably a lot of people can relate to that you know they realize you know so however many years later they're like is this really me you know is this did i want to do this am i living my life for me and you know not as a result of what they think other people and they don't necessarily even uh, realize it at the time obviously as well but yeah that's so so important in terms of your valuable I think we you kind of have touched on this a few times but in terms of your most kind of valuable skill or attribute that you really have drawn I guess upon you know throughout your career and how have you kind of cultivated and developed this over time the big one that comes to mind is actually I discovered it because I asked other people what they thought yeah. strengths were. And it's funny this thing of that, you know, you feel like you know yourself. And I went and asked a bunch of mentors um, questions like, what do you think my strengths are? What am I not good at? What do you know about me? And I was surprised what came up. Mm-hmm. The standout was actually having a vision and getting people on board with an idea and creating community. Yeah. And sometimes I think like, oh, is that useful? Like, is that going to help someone? But then yes. I think, um, yeah, it's funny when you when I team up with other people, like my husband has, we have a similar overlap in some of our skills, but also very different. Um, and a lot of my business partners over the years have been people who are great at operationalizing things or implementing um, the other part of it. Then together we work so well. And that I think is often a big misconception around what you're going to do with your career and who you are as a person that you have to do everything yourself and it's I thought growing up it was bad to have weaknesses um, but I think it's so helpful to know those strengths because you can team up with people so often I think to be a business owner you should be someone who's like making decisions and really hard-nosed and um, really great at say deal making or negotiating 
And I find those things quite tricky as well, as I also find detail quite tricky, which is clear mm. that I'm an engineer. Um, but then when you team someone like me up who's got this vision and can create a community with people in those other areas, then it's really powerful. So, um, yeah, and I, and I think it's just I discovered that from asking people, which I would so encourage people to do if you're not clear or even if you are clear, because I think then it can change your mind as well. Yeah, I, it's such a great exercise. I Yeah, that sounds like such a good thing to do as well. I think you just kind of get a different insight. I think you kind of sometimes just have these you know, conceptions of yourself and there can be sometimes misconceptions or don't really something sometimes you just feel like oh you're just good at but it's nothing like it's just you take it for granted but then you realize that other people maybe don't have that skill or talent sometimes things that do come easier for you I think there sometimes you're a bit blind spotted sometimes to those kind of things as well Mm. um in terms of your teenage self going back to Felicity when she was in kind of you know high school if you could go back and I guess tell her anything in terms of, you know, career advice and a message for her, what would it be? Oh, that's a really tricky one. It would probably it would be I think it would be um be yourself and being yourself. I think that brings a lot of, you know, bring power to that too. And not like defend it, but it's okay to be yourself and who you are is great. I feel like if I'm so glad I did engineering and I think, I don't know if I'd tell myself, I think if I look back, I also love business and I think maybe I would have gone and done business actually or gone and done visual art and my career would have had such a different pathway. But I'm so glad I invested the time in having a foundation in engineering because it's such a good match with all the other things that I've done as well. So I would say you might not like doing a four-year uni degree I feel like the world is changing and there's a different place for universities and a different place for education today um but an engineering degree is pretty useful so that was a good idea yeah and it's interesting you're like maybe just put it on top (laughs) (laughs) you know like in terms of it was kind of a little bit left to chance in a way you know like if you had of it makes me quite nervous as a careers counsellor um, in terms of I do often say when I see preferences that have a, a range of different areas, I'm like we don't want to just leave it to chance. Like we don't want to just be like I don't want to make a decision so just like throw it all in the air and just see what happens. Yeah. And obviously sometimes it can work out well, which, you know, it did kind of for you, which is great. But, um, yeah, I guess it, it's interesting to see how all the different tactics and strategies yeah. um, kind of work out. It's just kind of sometimes you just like it's, it was meant to be, it was so you know. It, be. Yeah, yeah. So it was more luck than judgment on that one. And you're right, I should actually tell myself to put engineering as my number one preference. I actually cry when I got first round offers and I and I applied again um, because I, yeah, because I didn't get into my top preference. So it's just so funny looking back now. Yeah. And that's the thing, like sometimes there is a, the universe has a, you know, a, a different way of working things out. And you can always, there's always a way, you know, like even if you started that arts or science, you know, maybe something you might have, as you said, like maybe transferred across, you know, you just don't know. Um, but I just think never, there's never like a definite end or, you know, end point to that avenue. Like you can always also find other ways to pursue it and, you know, you go down in a diploma or you know start off in different areas like there's certainly ways that you can do that if you really have you know that desire and 
you know, will to pursue something. So don't let it be that you don't get the preference be the end of, you know, that dream is basically yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Now, just my final question for you for career confessions. I am a career genie. If I were to grant you any kind of job role or career, there's no restrictions in terms of any circumstances, money, time, your what you can, your talent, your skills. Have you got something that you would wish for? Yes, and it's definitely my, I guess, career goal that I have at the moment myself, which I'm not there yet. So uh, really, I really love working with young people and supporting young people in business. And so, and there's been so many people who've helped me along the way. So I would love in the future to be an investor in young social entrepreneurs and I hope that, you know, we can grow, we aspire and have, you know, the, the means to do that. So career genie, please make me a rich investor <laughs> so that I can go invest in amazing young Yeah, amazing. That sounds, I can so see that. I can see that in your future. Thank you. Yay, it will yeah. happen. Magic, magic powers. Yeah. Done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's 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 amazing. And it, I think it just ties in so well to everything you've kind of done in your career as well in terms of, you know, I guess it's just um, slightly more tangible, in that tangibility in terms of providing, you know, perhaps resources so that those kind of projects can, you know, get off the ground and, yes. and all of those kind of things as well. Yeah. And I actually know that I'm not there yet because I think there's still a lot I need to learn about business. So I'm actually okay to wait. And for me, I see We Aspire is the next 10-year journey and the next was sort of like two and a half years into this 10-year journey. And that's kind of what the next decade's about. And whether it's this business or the next business, like I imagine there's going to be more, more businesses in my future, um, then, you know, there's, I'm just going to be learning along the way. So I really want to learn and understand that first before I then go help other people. And for me, that's a, an important part of my journey as well. Yeah. I was, I was thinking Dragon's Den, but there's another one. There's um, Shark, Shark Tank. Yes. <gasps> yes. Rolls. So yes, you're on the, the panel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah, very cool, very cool. Well, Felicity, thank you so much for taking your time to chat with me today. I'm sure our audience will get so much from our chat. And I'd love for you to share where, where my audience can follow you and find out more information about the programs you've run and, and all of those amazing. So, well, LinkedIn is where it's at. So connect with me on LinkedIn. Feel free to reach out and message. Um, would be happy to connect with anyone who's listening. And, yeah, that's probably the best way to reach me. Also, my website, felicityfury.com. You'll learn a little bit more about my projects and there's links to all of them there as well. Thanks so much for having me. You've asked some great questions. You've got me thinking now. Oh, gosh. <laughs> no, you're so welcome. And, yeah, I'll, um, yeah, I really look forward to seeing, yeah, how everything unfolds for you and, yeah, seeing your investor days ahead as well. So thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to stay curious, take action and go out and live your best life and always remember to be you.